When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. It's the Late Show Poncho with my first guest tonight is a musician who made history last year when she won five Grammy Awards, including Best New Artist and Album of the Year at the age of 18. Please welcome to A Late Show, Billie Eilish. Hi, Billie. Hi, Stephen. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great. It's really nice to have you on. It's so good to be on. I'm 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 geeked. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm glad. I hope that's a good thing. Now, I thing. everybody knows, everybody knows who's been paying attention is not only are you a gifted artist, but you shot out of a cannon a few years ago. Suddenly, <laughs> your your life went from, you know, fun, you know, concerts to just exploding and being a worldwide phenomenon, but then suddenly COVID comes in. You're three shows into a massive worldwide tour and everything has to go quiet. How did that feel? It, it felt um, the same as it felt for everybody else. It was so weird. I mean, it was weird. I, I, I mean, I, I, like none of the year went at all the way I thought. And I don't think, like, I really think that's for everyone, obviously. Of course. I think I'm just glad that I had the year before that to really have a moment because, you know, I just I just think about the people that that at the beginning of 2020 were having a big moment and like things were happening and things were coming. And then that's like I, that makes me so sad. So yeah. I feel for them. But, you know, it's been hard for everybody. It's been so weird. So weird. Yeah, it's been bizarre. It almost feel like we're all living on some sort of weird spell. Yeah, it does. But the, the reason I ask is because we'll get to the documentary in just a moment. But I know that at times, like the pace that you have to live when this is your time to shine and this is your time to take advantage of of, yeah. of the audience perceiving your art for the first time as something beautiful and something they want to be part of. Um, and the, the, it can also be very taxing. I mean, this documentary we're going to talk about in just a moment, you're exhausted in a lot of this. I mean, your ankles are going, your shins are going, your back is going. And then you have this artificially imposed time to be quiet. Is there anything about that that you're grateful for? Yeah, totally. I mean, listen, the year has sucked, and I don't. I, 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 if I could go back and I could change it, I would. But at the same time, you know, I've gotten more time off than I've ever, 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 ever had. And, and, and of course, I think that goes for everyone, but that was true for me after two weeks of it. You know, that was like two weeks already at the beginning of quarantine was the most time I'd had off in like four years. So, and also I made an album. 
in it. So oh, I, I just, yeah, I made an album and I just don't think I would have made the same album or even the album at all if it weren't for COVID. So, you know, and it, that doesn't mean it's like about COVID at all. It's just that, you know, you're just, when things are different in your life, you're different. It's just how it is. So I have to thank COVID for that. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> about it. Well, the, the, the new movie is Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry. It's a documentary on, on Apple TV Plus, and it comes out this Friday. And uh, it's about two hours, 15 minutes long. I've seen an hour and 45 minutes so far. Don't tell me how you end. And it's by the great documentary filmmaker R.J. Cutler. And first of all, I, I mean, I've been on TV a lot, but what's it like to have a camera living with you? What is that experience like? It's very invasive, um, but it's also fun because the way that I put it the other day was like, you know, as human beings, I think we all tend to feel pretty irrelevant all the time. And even though it was very invasive and a lot at some points, and I, sometimes I just was like, you got to go. It was fun. It was fun to have, a, a you know, people there that are literally just there to watch you live your life because there's nothing like that. You know, there's nothing in life that is like that. Um, so it was very fun. And I'm I kind of loved it, to be honest with you. It it was a lot at times again, but it was also fun. Like, it was just fun to just, you know, be able to just be like, and there's a camera there. And like, I don't know. It was weird. It was it's weird. It's a weird way to live, but it's also fun. And they were they were really respectful. So they were very much like if I was like, OK, I can't do this right now, they would just leave, which was great. And that's so needed. Well, it, it's an it's an amazing film and it it shows well, how much you and your family love each other and, and how, how supportive they are of you and, and your brother Phineas, your, you know, your writing and your producing partner. And it also shows you as a complex and beautiful artist. Um, is there any way that... Who's also known for being very authentic, being at, yeah. trying to be herself, her, uh, and, and being very true to your own expression... Does the camera change the observed in any way? I mean, there's a maxim of physics I don't really understand, which is observation change the, changes what's being observed. How did it change right. you? Are you really you in this? Good question. It's what I do. So I think I am. Um, I think that it's, it's really important to know, though, as a, an audience member of a doc, this doc and every other doc, of just being very conscious of the fact that it's not everything. Like you're seeing a sliver of my life at that time, you know? Mm -hmm. And even though it, like, and I say that because I grew up watching documentaries about artists and about whatever. And in my head, when I was younger, I just immediately naturally was like, Oh, now I know every single thing about them. I know everything they've been through and everything they were going through and thinking about. And, and, and I think you tend to feel like that because as people, we go, well, what I know is all there is to know <laughs> naturally. So I think it's important for people to know that it's it's not all that was going on. There's a ton that isn't in there, but I it's pretty much me. And it's kind of a huge bummer because I was super annoying then. I know it's just it's rough. It's hard for me I to disagree. watch. I disagree. So yeah. you watched it. Yes, I've watched it. Did you watch it alone? <laughs> Did you watch it with friends like? 
I watched it with three of my friends that are like my team also, but my best friends. And we, we would, I wouldn't let anybody watch it until I'd seen it. Um, Cause I didn't know what to expect. They were filming for like, you know, three ish years and I don't really change in front of a camera. So mm-hmm. I was very worried. Um, so, <laughs> and it was, you know, the first cut we saw was like three hours long, maybe longer. And um, we, it took us probably like five hours to get through the whole thing because we kept stopping it and just being like, <laughs> for real. Like there was one point when I stopped it, screamed, got up, run around the house, came back, pulled my pants down, ran around the house again. Oh my God. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, but it's beautiful and it was amazing it to is. relive the good parts, not the bad parts, but it's crazy. Well, it's, 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 uh, it's very, it's fearless. It's very generous of you to share your life. And it's really instructive because, as I said, you're a complex and beautiful artist and you see the complexity and how authentic you are to yourself in watching this documentary. And it paid off. It turns out you bet on yourself and a lot of people agreed that they wanted to hear your music. And you've had an amazing, amazing couple of years. And there's a clip here that I wouldn't mind you setting up, if you don't mind, from the film. What you're, what's finding out in this moment? Um, this is me dead asleep being woken up by my family to talk about Grammy nominations. Jim. Nominations. Record of the year. Bad guy. Album of the year. What album would that be? Peppers of when we all fall asleep, where do we go? Song of the year. Bad guy. Best new artist. Why do you sound like that? (laughs) Best pop (laughs) solo performance. And best pop vocal album. And producer of the year would be our brother. Oh, he got it? Yeah. Yay! (laughs) He was so anxious about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. As, and as someone who has had teenage children, having to wake them up for important announcements, I think that's 100% authentic. <laughs> oh, God. What a crazy day that was. And I, it's funny listening to that now and seeing that now because I only cared about Phineas's nominations. As soon as she was like, Phineas got nominated, I was like, oh, that's so cool because I was so happy for him. Well, not but, only um, nominated, but you guys swept right there. That's you oh and your brother God. Phineas with your 11 Grammys between the two of you. Congratulations, <laughs> belatedly, but that's amazing. And again, like I said, what I love about it is that there are discussions. You see, there's so many moments in the documentary that are, that are amazing, but I also like the argument you're having about um, accessibility, like Ooh. trying to guess what an audience might want as opposed to what you want to say. Yeah. How was it? That was real that was real no it felt felt real yeah um i forgot that that was even in there yeah i it's just you, you just gotta have those conversations you know and when i was that age and and before that when i was younger and starting out it's like it's really hard to um gain people's trust like it's it's hard for people to let you do what you want kind of as well because they think they know better and they say this is what people will want to hear 
Yeah, which makes sense. They've got a whole lifetime of knowing, you know. So sure. it's a, it's it's important to know that, you know, people that are older than you and have done this forever, they definitely see it in a different way and have a lot of advice, but it's also important for them to know that they can't control what you do. Well, where'd and, you find the strength to like say, "No, this is essentially I'm going to bet on my vision here." Your infinite, yeah. but where where's that come from? Because not every 16-year-old does that. Proverbially, they don't actually. They actually cave. <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is why, but I've always been a very, uh, like, I react to, I respond to, like, opposite peer pressure. I kind of have always been like that. Like, when I was younger, if if friends of mine tried to get me to do something, it made me want to do the other thing. Like that's like, and that's how it, it went. And that's why, like, I never did drugs and I never drank alcohol and like never, it was just not interesting to me. It wasn't like, Oh, I don't, it just was like, <laughs> who cares? Like, I don't, I'm not going to do something because you want me to do it. And so I think that in my career uh, and just my life and what I do, like whenever I'd hear the words, you know, you should, it made me just angry. I just was like, why would you know what I should do? Why, what makes, what gives you the right to like, tell me what I should do. But at the same time, they have their wisdom. And they, most of the time, and the people that were telling me what to do had a good reason for it and believed in it. So how did you know when to take that advice and when not to take the advice? Because there's, there's an interesting moment in, in the movie when you're being interviewed by foreign press. You're on a European tour, I think. And one of your answers is you're trying to explain where you're coming from at one point, And you say, look, it's like music. You can't explain. I can't explain to you why I like it. I just like it. So yep. where's the part of you that makes that discernment? Like, yeah, what you're saying fits with the thing that I feel. How do you do that? I think it's just an intuition thing. Like, I really think it's just seriously trusting your gut. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to do it. I think that if, you know, I just think if I had tried to follow a certain, you know, plan of, oh, I'm going to listen to this and not listen to this, it just, I wouldn't have known what I, the hell I was doing, you know? And I think it was really just whatever I felt like was right and was wrong. That's just what I went with. And uh, I guess it worked, so... More with Billie Eilish after this. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. You, you um, say something beautiful about your fans that you say that they're, they're, you don't think of them as your fans, that they're a part of you. Yeah. But they also 
and, and you're very authentic with them. You you want to give them. Do you, do you ever do you ever have trouble giving them everything that they might want from you? All the time, um, all the time. I, I mean, it's half the time that I feel like I need to give them more, and half the time I feel like I've given too much, and it's a it's a funny balance um, because it's you know since the beginning I've wanted to have a relationship with the fans that I would have wanted as a fan. Like that was my goal. I wanted to be the artist that I would want to be a fan of. And, you know, when I was younger, it seemed so easy. And the bigger it's gotten, it's gotten really hard because it's it's not easy to be accessible to everyone. And especially because there are some creeps out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to be accessible to the good ones, but how are you going to make yourself accessible if you can't be accessible to the bad ones? It's just, I, it's I a, a whole... I have a friend who... I have a friend. Yeah. I, I know a fella who says that he he wants to do that for his fans, and and those who know him best know that when he's out with them, he's giving them a such a close version of himself. It's so close to all of him, but it's like yeah. a little like a like a shrimp set, like a kite in a shell. They can take it and bring it home, and he still leaves himself there, and it looks just like him, and. He tries to do it authentically enough that he's not lying to them, but he has to save something for himself. Do you ever feel like you have to keep that in reserve? Totally. I, I also just, you know, it's, it's, you can't have a bad moment. Like, doesn't matter what you're feeling or mm -hmm. thinking or what's going on, what you just went through or anything at all. Like, because it's their, it's, it's their best moment. It's their best, exactly, it's their best moment. And that's the thing of like, you know, I find myself being like, oh my God, I don't want to take a picture. I don't want to. And then I'm like, you know what? You know, in my head, I'm thinking that. But then I'm like, you know what? Like, you know how minor this is for me to do to like make somebody really happy? Mm -hmm. And it's really like you forget that. But, but you have to remember that that moment means so much to those people. It, the smallest thing can mean the biggest thing. And that goes with everything in life, like literally everything. You do not know what you're saying, how mm. it's affecting people. You could say the littlest thing and not remember you said it and it could ruin somebody's life. Mm. Or the other way around, you could say one compliment and you just it was just something you thought and it makes somebody feel completely different and better about themselves. And it's just like we forget that what we do really affects other people in, in, in very large ways. And so it's it's kind of a tough battle of like I am feeling really 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 horrible and I want to be screaming and I can't because I don't want them to have a bad experience and I don't want them to have a a bad moment and then you know they think about it that that the idea that somebody could meet me and have a bad experience makes me jump want to jump off a cliff like seriously I want everyone that I come in contact with to feel completely just the highest high that they could possibly feel. And if anybody hasn't felt that, I hate that. And I'm sure it's because I was, you know, going human? through some. Because you're human. Yes. Because you're human. Yeah. It's yeah. tough being immortal. But you've also, you I, you know, you also have been that fan. One of the great moments in it is that it's you meeting Justin Bieber. Yep. It's extraordinary. <laughs> And because you talk about how much you love him, especially when you were younger, when you're like 12 and that moment comes for the audience. We see exactly you having that experience that your friends are having with you. It's a it's a beautiful circle. What was that like for you? 
It was insane. I, I can't even tell you. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't even, I can't even begin to think about me at 12 hearing what my life is now. I mean, I can't, I can't even, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even fathom it. I like wish, I wish that some, like some spirit could have come down and just been like, Billy, guess what's about to happen to you in a few years. But at the same time, then it would have messed everything up. I would have been flipping out. But yeah, I don't know. It was, it was unbelievable. I, I don't know. You know, nobody gets to meet their idols, really. Mm -hmm. And I never would have thought I would have gotten to. And I've gotten to do much more than that. And it's completely surreal. And I don't understand it at all. And not everybody gets to uh, write and perform the new Bond song, which, because of COVID, was released a year ago. And that Bond movie was supposed to come out in April of 2020. And obviously, it's going to come out this October. Song's going to be big again then, I'm sure. But you've seen the movie, right? Yes, I have, Stephen. Is it is it good? It's bomb. What are you talking about? It's amazing. Good, good. Just checking, just checking. I got a question for you, and 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 forgive me if this is just me not knowing enough of your work. But I've I've listened to your stuff in the past, and I've listened to a lot leading up to this interview, and obviously that you sound. Like, if you wanted to, you have a beautiful voice. You sound like if you wanted to, you could burn the room down. You could turn the power switch and blow some windows out. But instead of burning it down, you smolder the room. <laughs> like, you're, you're setting fires everywhere, but it's not a flamethrower. Are you ever, ever going to belt for us? Just absolutely I... shatter some glass. <laughs> There's a couple moments. Okay. A couple moments on this album where I, I pull some, some tricks out. Um, okay. You know, it's really just about what I feel like sounds good. You know, it's not like I can't do it. I just, I just. I clearly I you can do it. I'm just wondering when. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll get, you'll get a little bit. It'll okay. come. All right, good. Um, well, it's just lovely talking to you. Thanks so much for for being here. And, and listen, when when the album comes out, I hope you'll come back and perform. Live, I hope, in front of the audience of the Ed Sullivan Theater, because any day now, right? Any day. Any day now, we're going to have the vaccine. Yes. Oh, my God, I would love to. I would love to. That would be there. great. That would be great. Billy, thanks again. Billy Eilish, the world's a little blurry, will open select theaters and premiere globally on Apple TV Plus on Friday. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts 
about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts.